from Chicago, and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Kevin Zipak, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this football Monday. So glad you're with us to start our week. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And Cap, the breaking news before we came on this morning, official Shane Waldron is going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And there's still more coaches that need to be hired on the offensive side and the defensive coordinator as well. But at least you could check off that box. Waldron, now with the Chicago Bears as OC. That is correct. He leaves Seattle where, for people going, why is he leaving Seattle? Why are they let him leave? They forced Pete Carroll out. And they told the entire staff, look, we're not sure what we're doing at head coach yet. They've got a number of interviews set up. If you get an opportunity, you have a family, we get it. We will let you go somewhere else. And the Bears pounced. He had other opportunities out there. So the question is, was he told, you come in here, we'll pay you well. Those guys make huge money. And you're going to fix Justin Fields? Or was he told, you're going to help us pick the next guy, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake, you're going to be integral in that process, but we're moving on. Nobody knows. Let's for those that's just getting into the office or getting in their car. As we talk about Shane Waldron, Waldron has been in football for a long time. But as far as him in the National Football League as an OC with the Rams from 2017 through 2020, he has been the OC for Jared Goff, who you see now with the Detroit Lions uh, at quarterback Sean Mannion. He's worked with Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks in Seattle in 2021. Worked with Russell Wilson and uh, and Geno Smith. That's where he started in Seattle uh, with. Wilson, and then, of course, Geno Smith is a quarterback for Seattle now. This is the biggest hire for Ryan Poles to date because this offensive coordinator has to be able to design offensive plays for either Justin Fields to be able to get Justin Fields in this offense right or Caleb Williams or Drake May, the uh, quarterbacks that are supposed to be at the top of the draft for this season. It's a huge hire because this hire will tell you for the next four or five years where the offense is going, Cap. All I know is is we watch playoff football Saturday and Sunday. We saw the offenses vertical. We saw terrific running games. We saw offensive line play that was off the charts. And because of that, that's where we want the Bears to be. It's not this, well, there's only two or three uh, offensive linemen we like, and there's only one wide receiver here and a decent tight end there. No, no, no. When we watch Baltimore, when we watch San Francisco, when we watch Green Bay, when we watch Detroit, when we watch Tampa, when we watch Buffalo, Kansas City, teams of that ilk, what we're seeing is is that these, this is the best of the best, the top-shelf teams. They're all vying for the trophy. And what we saw is electric running game and quarterbacks that got the ball out in two and a half seconds or less and tight ends that were right there blocking right there wide receivers blocking we saw that as well and we compare that to the bears and go boy bears have a long way to go when we see playoff football then we see the bears it's like man there still needs some time for this bears team to be a perennial playoff team without question couldn't dis i couldn't agree with you more i don't disagree now as you look at this hire and you look at Shane Waldron, and there are some people going, that means Justin's staying. There are others going, that means Justin's leaving. Let me just tell you this, and this is from Tom Pelissero mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah. Potential number one overall pick Caleb Williams has already begun pre-draft training run by former NFL quarterback coach Rich Scangarello, whom he met years ago through the 
Quarterback Collective. And you can find them on Twitter at at QB Collective. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to hit the ground running as a pro. Okay. Now, is there a tie? Yeah. Shane Waldron comes from the Quarterback Collective. The Quarterback Collective is a very powerful group that trains quarterbacks. And the number of people that have come from Quarterback Collective that are big-time coaches, well, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel. And the Bears are now picking someone from that crew. And at USC, very similar style offense to what Quarterback Collective stresses. Does that mean they're drafting Caleb Williams? No, I think there's a lot of homework to still be done. But it certainly gives some thought that maybe Caleb Williams is the guy. Yeah, well, if Caleb Williams is the guy, then you are going to be able to try to mold and shape what should be a good quarterback in this league. Hopefully great quarterback. And again, everything's just based on the college tape that we see. I'm a college football fan for our new listeners. Love college football. Live for Saturdays. And I have saw plenty of USC and Caleb Williams. And from a college level, no, no question, big arm, leadership, and run with the football, all those things. When we hear experts that break down the tape and, and know even more about Caleb Williams, they say this is a can't miss, that the Bears have to be able to get Caleb Williams. All I'm saying is is that Caleb Williams, uh, Justin Fields, Tyson Bajan, I don't care who's back there. I just want the Bears to be able to get the right guy and move this offense along. For years, we've had all of these question marks of like, well, the Bears can only run the football because of the weather at Soldier Field. They are a, a cold-weather team. That's B.S., why? Because we saw the, see the Green Bay Packers year in and year out get to the playoffs. What it comes down to is, do you have an offense that works, that's, that's productive? It's not about weather. It's not about Bears weather. It's not about the 80s. It's about an offense that can do multiple things. We've got to do more than just be able to run the football and a, an occasional throw down the field. It's got to be more productive than that. Is it tropical in Kansas City? It is not. Are they in a dome? They are not. How about Buffalo? Tropical yeah. or a dome? Uh, it's not tropical, no dome. Correct. Yeah. How about New England? Uh, cold. And snowy. Yes. And play outdoors. Correct. So we need to stop with this idiocy that we can't throw the football at Soldier Field. And I know they're going to build a new stadium somewhere and it's going to be a dome. That's seven, eight years from now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't pause the NFL. See you in eight years. Let us know when the stadium's ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to be able to run the football in inclement weather. I get it. That Kansas City does a pretty good job with Pacheco and Clyde Edwards, they run the ball effectively. They do. But guess what? you got to be able to throw the football, period. you got to be able to stand in the pocket, go through your progressions, bam, rip it right over the middle. That guy's open. I don't know if you see football the way I see it when we see other games beside the Bears, but does it ever surprise you how productive some of these offenses are that we see? Like, you know, third down and long, third and 11. Oh, well, that'll be all. Nope. How about a 15-yard pass? Bam, first down. And quickly, too, by the way. Right. Like, oh, third and long. Oh, it's no good. Fourth and three. Oh, I guess they're going to punt the ball. Oh, wait. They ran the ball right into the line. They had their own tush push. First down. That's what impresses me about offense. It's like, I don't care what the sheet says. We got something for that. Third and 12, Lions? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, fourth and short? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, Jared Goff. Boom. Third and 16. Yeah, whatever. He gets it to fourth and one. Boom. In. Yes. First down. Yes, isn't it? I don't know if you see it, but when I see that, because we're so used to watching the Bears, we're just like, oh, let's give up. All right, just punt the ball. 
or, or just get stopped at the line, stuff like that. No imagination, Cap. Not enough imagination, not enough production from the players on the field. Agreed. Watch Saturdays and Sundays. Watch the upcoming games this weekend. Then watch the Bears. You can It's, it's like night and day. Night and day. And, and I know that we've played football, Cap, like a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team for years. Mm-hmm. Good, strong tight end and a good offensive line play and run the ball. Yeah, we looked like Iowa. <laughs> I'm tired of looking like Iowa. You know what I mean, though, right? Yes. At some point, it's got to look like the SEC at times. I mean, you got uh, half the league, uh, more times than not, guys that came from the South. <laughs> Maybe you want to get the ball down the field. How about that? They do it in Buffalo. It's cold, isn't it? Oh, wow. We just scored on a 57-yard <laughs> touchdown pass? Wow. <laughs> Modesto, California, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Muhammad on ESPN 1000. Mo, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? What's well, up, buddy? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Extremely, extremely excited about this new Shane Waldron hire. Look at the quarterbacks he coached, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. They had the same issues that Justin Fields did, but they performed at a higher level, right? Got them to understand the game better, called plays to help them out. But and we all know that Justin Fields is a lot. He's way more talented than Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Now, if it is it going to be Justin Fields or is it going to be Caleb Williams? You know, only Ryan Poles knows the answer. And honestly speaking, this GM has done an amazing job with the guys he's drafted and the people he's brought in for the Bears. Now, my nephews played football at USC this past year with Caleb Williams. And, you know, Jay Hood, you mentioned leadership about Caleb Williams. And he, he's a young man. I hope he figures it out. But... It's the complete opposite. There's no accountability. He's an extremely talented person, yes. But there's no accountability. There's no oomph in him to get his teammates to play better. It's it's always someone else's fault. It's never his fault. A couple of times has been late to practices as well over silly things. Now, if we talk about Justin Fields, on the other hand, yes, he's a leader of men. Yes, he is really good. Think about... How is he going to respond to the immense amount of pressure he's going to face in Chicago with media and from the fans if he already crumbled under pressure at USC? I mean, there's a reason why Chicago is called a blue-collar town. And, you know, here being in, having lived in California for a few years and watching the Raiders before they moved to Vegas, the 49ers, now the L.A. Rams, it's not the same as Chicago, and that's part of the reason I fell in love with the Bears when I moved here from Pakistan in 2006. Let's, let's address some of this, Mohammed. We appreciate your telephone call. This is why this pick is polarizing. Mm-hmm. You and I have heard the opposite of what Mohammed's talking about regarding the leadership of Caleb Williams. Correct. He says that he has um, family members that play for USC or around the USC program mm-hmm. that said there's no accountability. Either way... Either way, because I've heard different, you've heard different, and we've heard exactly what Muhammad said as well about Caleb Williams. The bottom line is, is that a young man, any young man, any young woman has room to grow. I understand it's sports and someone who's 18 to 21 is supposed to be 35, you know, with a, a mortgage, a mustache and kids already. Correct. They're supposed to have that type of, of, of experience because it's sports. And when you're drafted, you're supposed to be wise beyond your years. Whatever, whatever the report is of Caleb Williams, the hope is that the young man is productive on and off the field. 
period. Period. On and off the field. Yeah, we want, if Caleb Williams is the quarterback, we want him to win. But the idea that, well, he's got no accountability. He's in college. You'd question my accountability, too, when I was in college. Correct. Or Cap's accountability when he was in college. The things that we did, but we were 20, 21 years of age. What were they saying about Mahomes when he was coming out? Wild Bronco. Crazy. And, and what was the record of his team? Under 500. Five and seven. Yeah. His last year at Texas Tech. And go back because I did, and I brought up tweets because you can go by date and go back and look. Or look at the articles. Yeah, no one from that system it ever works. That guy, if he was any good, how could he be under 500 in college? Um, I watched him yesterday. He's going to his sixth consecutive AFC title game. Now, he's got a great coach. He's got a great supporting cast. And he learned how to play in the NFL because he had all the intangibles. That's what I got to know about Caleb Williams or whoever. Sure. I mean, you do your due diligence. You do the background. But I I guess my overarching point, Cap, is, and this is not just football. This is all of sports, especially football and basketball, but all of sports. Mm -hmm. Cap, this person is coming out out of college and going into the draft. This person is supposed to be a model citizen, 100% across the board, with a clean LinkedIn resume when he comes into my program. Correct. That's just not reality. That's correct. Two-parent home, one-parent home, guardians, you know, grandmother, grandfather taking care. It doesn't matter. Everyone has a different background. Everyone has a different experience. That is correct. But I find it fascinating, especially in football and basketball. Well, you know, he doesn't have any accountability because... Well, do you want him to be Patrick Mahomes today? On the field, you love that. But again, everyone's background is not the same. So if there's some issues off the field or some things that you have seen, Muhammad, or anyone else about Caleb Williams, just understand, what were you at 21? What were you at 20? Correct. Just like anybody else, people have time to be able to change and mature and get better as a person. Agreed. This is not mock military. It's sports and entertainment. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, our phone number. There he is. It's Lee Allen with us on the southwest side on Cap and J. Hood. Lee Allen, good morning. What's up, buddy? Good, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? We're awesome, man. We got a new OC. Now we'll see where the quarterback coach is. Yeah, Cap, I was thinking this weekend about you. And I was, you know, you remember the uh, Michael Jackson video, Beat It? When yep. those guys were, uh, when they were in the middle with the knife and they were locked up through the wrist? Yep. That's where I'm at right now with you. And, uh, you know, over this Justin Fields, Caleb Williams debate. I want to be the guy in the white suit, and I want you to be Michael Jackson. And we're going to lock up in the center. I think this is a good move. I think it says a lot to Justin's favor. I think from a draft status, I think this says that you're going to trade back and get Marvin Harrison Jr. If you already look at the personnel that Waldron has worked with, and we already have a bear that knows the system in Travis Homer. So I think you're going to end up seeing a lot of the – and this is also good, too, from the standpoint that we're going to get exposure to the NFC West if, in fact, we do go to the playoffs next year. That all has been, you know, made within this move. Yeah, and I disagree with you. If the quarterback collective part of this puzzle is accurate, this is a group where the quarterback collective has Caleb Williams. Shane Waldron is from the quarterback collective. He follows the Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur tree. That's not how Justin plays. I get that. So this is what this is my contention to that. If in fact 
Baldwin gets to pick the quarterback, that means he's going to be your next head coach because you're going to want to keep both of them together. So if you end up drafting Caleb Williams, you're saying that if the season regresses, you're going to fire Eberflus and Waldron is going to be your, your Bears head coach in 2025 going forward. That has probably some level of validity to it. And thanks for the call, man. Uh, he makes a valid point there that if you do bring in an offensive system mm-hmm. and for whatever reason – we see three historic collapses in the fourth quarter, or we see things that trouble Ryan Poles. This is, if the offense looks like it's taking a step and the young quarterback takes a step, he makes a valid point that Shane Waldron would be a natural to be elevated as your head coach. Jeff in Frankfurt on ESPN 1000. Jeff, good morning. Hey, what's going on, Cap J. Hood? How are you? What's up, man? What's up, Jeff? Not much. This, honestly, to me, kind of reminds me of the White Sox with uh, Grafal. We're kind of just aiming for the middle here. If you look at the Seattle offense last year, they're very mediocre at best, towards the bottom of the league in most. Uh, and actually, in points per game, I think they're one ahead of the Bears. Total offense, they're one behind the Bears. So what are we doing here? We just continually aim so, for the middle. So game. let me ask you a question, Jeff, in Frankfurt. Yeah. You're going to judge this coach who comes with impeccable credentials from the Kyle Shanahan tree, the Sean McVay tree, the Matt LaFleur tree, had multiple teams chasing him to be their OC, and we're going to go, he's a middling hire. There are a lot of people in the league think he's an outstanding hire. I'm judging him off what he's done, not the shoulders that he stands on. Well, he's and what a, he did was very mediocre last year. So, you're, But you're only judging him on this year. Why don't you go back through prior years and see how he did? Why would I not take the most recent sample size of what he's done? So those years don't matter because they don't fit the narrative that this year he's a middling hire. What if he had four bad years and this year was a great year? We're only taking this year? I, I can't live in that world. I can't. I've got to well, judge li- the body of work. You live in a world, then, where we're hiring people based off the names of the guys that he's worked for. No. That doesn't do it for me. I'd like to see some production from him on his own accord, not just guys that came before him that seem to be much better football minds. No, I'm judging him on people who I would love to have. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, people like that, who all say... That dude can coach football. That guy's a hell of a football coach. Jeff, is there? Yeah, no, is, can I ask you something, Jeff? Do you is there someone else that you had in mind? Maybe not Waldron, but someone else. It, of course, the ideal dream is Ben Johnson. He's going to get a head coaching job somewhere else. Honestly, I had not looked too deep into it at the moment. Wait, I ben Johnson in what, what role, a, Jeff? Huh? As ben. That's exactly why I said he's going to likely be getting a head coaching job. Yeah, and he can't job, leave so for another kind of OC dream. job. He can't leave for another OC job. You could offer him a, a billion dollars. You cannot take a lateral move unless the other team wants to get rid of you. Okay, no worries. I understand that. Not a problem at all. Uh, Cap, you asked, or you asked me something about the guys before him saying, yeah, he's a great guy, great hire, blah, blah, blah. When has anyone ever said that someone worked below them? Nope, don't hire this guy. Couldn't coach. They're always going to stand by their guys, Cap. No, we're talking about some of the best minds in the NFL who have all given this guy 
glowing recommendations. This is a very ambitious hire, and I give Ryan Poles a ton of credit, whether it's for Justin or somebody else, he went out and won the bidding war. The Bears are going to pay this guy significant money, and they beat other teams that wanted him. I guess the question, Jeff, is who does he work with? Again, from a name standpoint and a resume standpoint, it, it matters for the Chicago Bears, this hire. But I just need to know who he's working with. Can, is he someone that can all work with an already-made quarterback in Justin Fields and be able to accentuate the positives in, in his game? Or, like a, a lump of clay, is how can he mold a young quarterback to make him an NFL quarterback And Caleb Williams? This is different than anything that he's done in the NFL, Waldron. That is correct. Golf was already made. Geno Smith, you're trying to fix. And uh, Russell Wilson, already a Hall of Famer. These are the quarterbacks he's worked with. This is why this is um, a huge hire. Again, a huge swing by polls. If it does not work out and the offense is still the same, then there's going to be there's going to be some house cleaning. No question about it. Because if Fields is still here, that means you passed up on the quarterback class twice for Justin Fields and just and add-ons. Okay. And by right. the way, he worked for Belichick and won two rings there as well, working with Brady. Yes. So let's not leave that out. I'm not t- telling you he was Josh McDaniels on that staff, but he was part of the staff. So some thoughts here from Brock Heward, who was on with Waldron and Sylvie. If you missed this, we're trying to figure out the combination of Shane Waldron, the new OC, and Justin Fields. That might be the combination when we start the season for 2024. Does that work? Here's Brock Hewitt, Fox College football analyst. That I have a hard time saying yes to just from the two, three years we had in Seattle. You know, they just couldn't run the ball. Right. And I don't think that that was a, a Geno Smith issue or a horrible offensive line. It's just I think he comes a little bit, which is surprising because the tree that he comes from should be a run play action team. And the head coach that he was playing for, basically, who never called anybody out, basically with us, you know, near the end, is like, we're just not doing it. And I'm like, well, why aren't you doing it? Call the freaking run plays. Like, run the ball. You know, your rushes per uh, attempt are pretty good. Your overall net yards are one of the worst in the league or bottom five in the league. So I would like to say because of the background and the tree that he comes from, that would be central. But I don't think it'd be anything like the dude that used to be with the Buffalo Bills and Jim Harbaugh in there and built a bowley in San Francisco. And if that guy is available to me, that would make a ton of sense. This, to go off of that Mm -hmm. about Shane Waldron, per NBC, in three seasons running Seattle's offense, his offense ranked 12th in expected points per play, 13th in success rate, 8th in EPA per rush, 9th in EPA per dropback, 5th in yards per play, 5th in explosive run percentage, 9th in explosive pass play rate. Back to the phone lines we go. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, Patrick in Round Lake on Cap and J. Hood. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're well. Doing great, man. So, Cap, you made a couple of points that I agree with, and I kind of want to ask you uh, your thought of my opinion of um, first of all, you said that this is a uh, legacy-defining move for polls, and I agree, And I, but I have a different opinion on it. What is more damning? If he passes up on Caleb Williams, I get it. But what if he passes up on Marvin Harrison and filling all the holes the, uh, the team needs? Because we're not a Caleb Williams away from competing. We're, we have a lot of holes, and I look at it like he polls realizes this, he knows that Justin Fields has the locker room, that he's a leader. And I think the reason he hired Waldron is because he saw what he did with Geno Smith, and he knows 
opportunities to have the first overall pick and an eighth pick with this kind of draft class can, don't come along very often. And he can fill up all those holes. And he hired Waldron to fix Justin because I think if he was going to go with Caleb, he would have went with Cliff Kingsbury. What do you think? Waldron and Caleb are both part of the QB collective. And the quarterback coach that Caleb has hired to get him ready for the draft is part of QB collective. Absolutely. So I'm not convinced this means anything in terms of Justin saying. I'm not telling you it means they're getting Caleb Williams. I'm just telling you they're all linked together. I understand that. But, like, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you were interviewed by the Bears. Wouldn't you say, hey, look, if I love Caleb. He loves me. We have a great relationship. He's the best. You, you know, hire me. I got, you. I got you. And also, I think a big tell on if they keep Justin Fields or not is, do they give Jalen Johnson an extended uh, contract? Because if they pay a cornerback a big purse, why would you do that if you're rebuilding? Well, I think that Jalen Johnson will be resigned. As a matter of fact, I mean, Paul said as much. He, he said, said he's, he's not going, going nowhere. Any, he said right. he's not going anywhere. So he, he is returning, Patrick. And Patrick, because you draft Caleb Williams does not mean you're rebuilding. The, the Houston Texans played this weekend with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and a rookie play caller who'd never called a play in his life. We're getting an OC that's coming in here that has called plays. But that, but that is, Patrick, we appreciate the phone call, but that is the opinion of a lot of former players that we talked to. Keyshawn Johnson feels that way. Lance Briggs feels that way. Alex Brown feels that way. They feel like, hey, if you bring a, a rookie quarterback in that doesn't know the NFL system or he's got to go through growing pains, that that slows down the progress of the rest of the team. But you know why? Because these players trust veterans. Veterans trust veterans. It's not like they look down on rookies, but they feel like, oh, we got to wait for this rookie to be up, be up to snuff to be up to par. I get that opinion, too. I get that. We got that from callers. Some of our listeners feel the same way. They feel like if you reset the quarterback class, that's going to slow down the progress of the defense and anything else you try and do offensively. Agreed. Now, Alex Brown wants Justin out. I listened to him on a podcast this weekend. Mm -hmm. We'll get that audio. I'll see if Jay Moore could find it. Where he said, I'm done. I want a new quarterback. Others have said Lance the same Briggs thing. Sat right here between yeah, us. Yeah. Keep Justin and build around him. Keyshawn, you played it. We mm-hmm. can play it again if you want. He said, "Keep Justin Fields. You got to put a better support around him." There's a but. Jay Cutler said that. I heard Jay say that. So because veteran players want vet- other veterans to be around, they don't want to be able to kick out one of their their own. Just like, hey man, we came up in this team together. We know that you're a good person, good player. It's, it's on coaching. This is what they would say. Yeah. And, but there are some that say start, restart this quarterback class, and if you do that, you know, now you'll be able to grow together. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson told Cap over the weekend, yeah, you know, it's just the same old, same old if you reset the quarterback class. The Chargers have gone to one playoff game. A uh, rookie contract, da-da-da-da-da, one playoff game. But the reason I'm saying this to you is because what people do is lazy. Yes, they said that they, they got young quarterbacks, but in that time span, in the time span that they were on rookie deals, guess what? They ain't done because at the end of the day, the prize is the ring. Okay? Outside of Patrick Mahomes, none of them have gone and won a Super Bowl on a rookie deal. So 
this I'm going to reset it. Okay. So reset it and be in the next five years on a new rookie contract in the same muddy water talking about, well, Caleb Williams isn't giving us anything right now. Guess we're going to reset the market. Little Keyshawn Johnson is up for the draft. Let's take a look at it. This is what you're doing. So three years from now, oh, what are we going to do with Bryce Young? He hasn't won any playoff games. Let's reset the market. How does that work out for you? What are you doing? Terrence in Hammond, Indiana on Cap and J-Hood. Terrence? Cap and Hoodie. What's up, buddy? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Hey, so pretty good, pretty good, man. So I just wanted to address. I see, a, I hear a lot of Bears fans. Uh, now, personally, I'm a Packers fan. All of my family are Bears fans. I grew up in Chicago land area my whole life. I hear a lot of Bears fans talking about trading back, getting this haul of picks. The truth of the matter is, you guys are horrible at drafting. And I keep hearing people, well, let's build something like the Ravens. Let's build something like the Chiefs. Let's build something like that. You guys don't draft well enough to do that. Well, you don't think that Poles has drafted well since he's been here? Now, Poles, this is the thing. You guys have a great – I I actually like Ryan Poles. He's actually a pretty good GM. The problem is is your guys' scouting department. Stop saying you guys. Terrence, stop saying you guys. It's the Bears. It's not you guys. It's the Bears. The Bears. The Bears scouting department, they don't I don't feel they have the right scouting department in place. Now it's all Brandon, brand new, Terrence. The fact of the matter, but this isn't a new problem though. You I can go all the way back to twenty sixteen. Since twenty sixteen, you gotta think how many guys have you guys drafted and actually kept on your roster? Right, Stay but most of those scouts, Terrence, are gone. Those were Ryan Pace guys. Pauls has rebuilt all of that. Darnell Wright. Braxton Jones in the fifth round, starting at left tackle. Whether you like him or not, that's a solid fifth round pick. I mean, we got to be so fair here. Do you think they're going to get a second? Con- you think those guys are going to get a second contract? Yes, with the Bears. Yes. Seriously, Paul's. This is his brand new staff. What? It, for what reason were you firing scouts that just got here? My the way that I look at this is like Green. Uh, I, I used to be furious that Brian Gutekunst went the last four years in the draft because I wanted to, like, Cap, you always say you didn't want the flavor of the day coach, you know, coming in just because it's a hot name. And most most fans, like uh, Hoodie, I know you watch a lot of college football. Yeah. A lot of NFL, I've, I've noticed a lot of guys that talk about the draft, and this, they don't even watch a lot of these college games. They don't watch none of these players, and they're going off of the hot names. Everybody wants, you know, Marvis Harris. Everybody wants Caleb Williams, and that's cool, but it's like, when those guys don't work out, you guys don't have anything to fall back on. Me, I was mad when we drafted half of the guys we drafted, but it's like, who was really looking at, you know, Nevada to watch Romeo Dobbs? Well, let, who let's, was watching um, North Dakota to look at Christian Watson? Yeah, you know, well, these GMs can only be at so many different places, so you have to have a nice scouting department to be able to find guys in the cracks that you can pull out of the seventh round, the sixth round, the fifth round. Terrence, you can fall back on and develop. T, T, you might have just got in the car, but I, I equate this to college football and college basketball. The reason why that. Again, as a Packer fan, you, there might be a level of frustration of, hey, we got to get over the hump. We're tired of being a bridesmaid. We got to break through and get to the Super Bowl. At least you're in the playoffs every year. From Ted Thompson to where you have right now, they were able to draft well. You know why? Because the infrastructure was always sound. 
because they they had quarterbacks like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers that could cover up the mistakes from the front office because at least you were able to even with the guys uh, those outposts that you mentioned those those colleges you know what happened even with those small colleges they fit into the system because the Packers have had a great system for 30 plus years and with the Bears the Bears are not they don't never had the infrastructure over the last 30 years to say hey our frontline guys are great and we have success so our backups will be just as good it's kind of like college and and, and pro it's kind of like college basketball and college football you have frontline guys and then your sophomores become juniors, and then they step up, and then your freshmen become sophomores, and you just keep the ball rolling. The Bears never have that ball to keep rolling because they don't have pop-up championships versus Green Bay that can be able to get front-line guys, starting with the quarterback, and keep rolling because you have the infrastructure. Your depth chart's always rolling with quality because you're always in the mix in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's the difference between the Bears and the Packers. That, That's exactly my point, though. If you have the guys in place that get you those players, yeah, but, then you won't have it. But Terrence, Tyreek Stevenson looks like a big hit yeah. in the draft. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, stud. Kyler Gordon, stud. You've gotten Braxton Jones in the fifth round. Darnell Wright's going to be on every all-rookie team. Their scouts have done a wonderful job since Paul's arrived. It's been two years. Give him some time. We got to roll. Thanks for the call, man. Terrence, thanks for the phone call. But he's got to understand, Cap. Like, he said, well, just blow up the scouting. They just got here. Correct. They just got here. He's confusing them with the guys that were under pace. Right. I mean, three wins to seven wins, and now you're trying to get better from that. But, again, this is why they leveled this damn franchise to start with. Correct. To to reimagine the franchise. Packers don't have to worry about that. Because they always find a way to be able to get in the mix. I know that he's unhappy this morning. He's firing at you guys as if we work for the Bears organization. Right. Firing, at, firing at us. Hey, you've got the infrastructure. They run it like a college football team. They do. Like, oh, well, we didn't get to the national championship, but boy, we got to a great bowl game. That's what the Packers continue to do. Got to a quality game. They're just trying to get over the hump the next level. Yeah, he's just mad they lost on Saturday. 49ers, I mean, they got after you. How does a 49ers ass taste? That was a hell of a game. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood Experience. Weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood. Weekday morning, 7 to 10, here on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you aboard today on this Monday. 312-332-3776. Shane Waldron is the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. You know, his name was uh, on a number of lists to be head coach in some places. We talked about this two weeks ago. Correct. But uh, not the case. He will be the OC for the Bears. OC, and you, you know, I thought Lee Allen made an interesting point that if... If they ended up making a head coaching change and the offense looked like under whatever quarterback got better, he would certainly be have a leg up. He's in the building. We'll see. Did they get it right? 312-332-3776, our phone number. Is this the right offensive coordinator or is this Dowell Loggins? We hope this is the right one. Is this, uh, yeah. <laughs> is this Terry Shea, Cap? Gary Croton. Aaron Cromer. Uh, Mike Martz. John Shoup. Uh, Ron Turner, hmm. who I thought was the best one we've had in a long time. 
Mike Kavanaugh. Or Matt Kavanaugh. Uh, I'll see your Matt Kavanaugh and raise you a Greg Landry. <laughs> That's not so bad, though, right? <laughs> Is that too... At, at 89, toward the end of the Ditka regime? We haven't even mentioned Mike Tice and Mike Martz. All right, Jay, here we go. Give me the let me get give me the play. Give me the play. All right, here we go. Two fourteen, five ninety three on green pizza. Timeout, Chicago. It's our first time. Would you give me the play? I'm going as fast as I can. Here we go, Jay. Tree twenty one four, two one five on green. Hit the black. Timeout, Chicago. <laughs> Their second charge. Damn it. <laughs> Sidebar may I approach. Yes, brought to you by Ink and Law 312. Six million for the great Howard Ink. Sign my ball. So you had a very interesting weekend. Um, you watched football. Anything else happen? Um, yeah. Yeah? What's that? Fire department came to the house for oh, two and a half hours. Oh, they're football fans too. They watched the game with you. You and Brett and the fire department? Good. Good. Brett and the dogs were out in my wife's truck parked a block down. But they don't like football, the dogs? What happened there? So we're watching the game. Yeah. Laying on the couch, me and Brett. Mindy's out of town. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Brett said, Dad, it's a little chilly in here. Can we build a fire? Yeah, we've got a fireplace. Uh, let's go. Threw a Duraflame log in there because I was out of regular wood. Um, and, you know, cruising along, no problem. Throw another one on there, not a problem. Five hours later... We're still laying in there watching. Now the second game is on. We're eating sushi. We're good. And touchdown in the Packer game. Mm-hmm. And I hear this. Ooh, ooh. Like, what is that noise? Brett, mute the TV a second. Mute. The noise is still going. Brett's like, Dad, I think the alarm's going off. I'm like, the alarm's going off. I run over by the control panel. Mm-hmm says fire alarm basement fire alarm basement I go down there filled with smoke oh god I go down I'm like oh god smoke everywhere in the basement so I immediately grab my phone call 911 and fire department uh yeah uh, here's my address um my f- smoke alarm is going off is there smoke in the Yes. There's smoke in the house. Yes, the basement has a lot of smoke. Do you see flames? No. Okay, how many people in the house? My son and I and our two dogs. Okay, I need you to calmly get keep me on the phone. The guys were amazing. Mm-hmm. The fire department, amazing. We need you to exit the house, get the dogs, get your son, and get... You have to exit the house calmly. So I grab the keys to my wife's truck. Garage is still closed. I run the dogs out there. Brett jumps in, helps me get the dogs into the truck. I back the truck out, park it a block down. Then I race back to the house. Brett, stay right here. Monitor the dogs. Got the heater going. He's got the game on. He's good. Mm -hmm. Run back in, get the keys to my car. If the house is going up, I don't want to lose both cars, too. Yes. Back that out, I grab my laptop, my iPad, and my two cell phones, and my wallet. Out. And now here comes enough fire trucks that you'd have thought 9-11 had happened again. Oh, my God. So 
like eight fire trucks, lights everywhere. Mm-hmm. They come in. They go in the attic. They go in the basement. They go in every bedroom. They're looking at the fireplace. The fireplace is right there, and there is no smoke whatsoever coming out of the fireplace. So we pour some water on the log. Log goes out. We got no smoke in the fire. It, we, they can't find it. He's like, I, I'm going to probably have to take that wall downstairs down. They got axes. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, he goes, and we're going to have to go through the cinder block behind the drywall. It's going to be expensive. Mm. Oh, God. And then one of the guys says to me, hey, how come the heat register uh, is on the wall here, like where the, the vents, where it comes out? He's like, I've never seen it. Usually it should be in the floor. Mm. I'm, dude, I've lived here 20 years. I have no idea. I don't know. And he said, get me a Phillips head screwdriver. You got one close? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got one right over here. Give it to him. He opens it up, and there's like this, not a safe, but like a, like a box in there, like a metal door. That I've never seen. Mm. Get down on the floor. Like Her- he, it's like Geraldo in the vault. Go yeah. Ahead, go ahead. He opens it. There's this small little area, <laughs> like cinder block area behind the wall. Yeah. Filled with ashes, and there's burning embers wow. behind the wall. Dangerous. He's like, all right, I got it. So he gets a water can, this big fire water can, and they're shooting water in there. And he puts out the embers, and... They go back up. There's a hole behind the grates in the fireplace where you set the log. There's this hole there. Mm-hmm. Stuff had been falling down for 20 years. Well, the, ho- the house was built in 95, so 25, 30 years almost. Mm-hmm. We haven't owned it that whole time. And he's like, you have any idea how blessed you are that you did a fire tonight? I said, why? He goes, because this is, this is a fire hazard right here. You cannot use this fireplace again, period, unless you convert it to a fake log with a gas starter. No more ashes, nothing. He goes, I don't know how the builder did this, but you're very lucky. Wow. And they were there for two and a half hours. Uh, These guys were amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's awesome. We had three different suburbs. We're at the house. Mm -hmm. Trucks and... Oh, my God. Those guys were amazing, and I wanted to shout them out. And the, uh, the one guy, I think he's the battalion chief. His name is uh, Bobby. Oh, my God, was he great. He was incredible. So yeah. I'm buying dinner for the whole fire station tomorrow. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks to Jay Moore, by the way, because that was something that could have really been tragic. But, you know, because of what happened, Cap called 911, and that's what it sounded like. What's your emergency? Yeah, this is David Kaplan. I'm just telling you, there's smoke coming out of my house. I have no idea what's going on. I just need uh, some fire trucks, an ambulance, um, some police officers, SWAT team. I need a whole bunch of help over here. Help me out. Take that. Anyway, how about those Ravens? I mean, I'm just telling you. Hey, 911 operator. He's the real deal. I love Lamar Jackson. And the Packers. <laughs> they lost. Take that, Pack. Take that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the smoke's still coming out of my house, but I'm just telling you, the Packers lost. It's a good day for Bears fans. I don't know. Anyway, 
So what are you up to? <laughs> wow. So at least we got the 911 call. So don't be looking for it, folks. We have it right here. Cap was just as calm as, as possible, still talking football despite smoke coming out of his home. Let Outstanding. Me... That was great. Yeah, it's good, Cap. I mean, listen, man, let me tell you something. Through that, everything was fine, but you still had time to talk football. Do a little recap with the 911 operator. Outstanding. The Captain J Hood wow. cut of the day is right around the corner, right here on Chicago's Hope for Sports. You're listening to Captain J Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Now, time for the Captain J Hood cut of the day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse, my man. That's right. It's on LaSalle, north side of the Chicago River. It is the best. Jay Moore! Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! If they keep Justin... Yeah. ...and one of these two kids in the draft at the top, Drake May or Caleb Williams, is playing in the NFC or AFC title game in two years, and Justin... Is still seven and ten struggling. I think they move on. They clean everything up. I don't. If I, they bring in Caleb and he fails, and Justin goes somewhere else and is a dominant player, that's the same deal. That's. I think that's Eberflus first. Maybe. Maybe someone's got to be a scapegoat. What do you think you got over that house hall, Ditka? Hallis? That's Matt Eberflus. He doesn't even have a mustache, so he's already out. Damn. The, the, I truly believe this. <laughs> well, you've got to have a, a mustache to win a championship around here. Do you not? He used to have a goatee. I saw that in Dallas. Grow it back, coach. Yeah. And that's all, folks. The Captain J. Hood cut of the day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse at right. David Flom and Matt Moore's Dining Gem LaSalle, north side of the Chicago River. You have a special occasion. You got a business meal. You want to impress somebody. Or you just want to eat great food in an awesome environment with great service. Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Downtown Dean is with us on Captain J. Hood. Hey, Dino! Good morning, fellas. Shout out to Kevin Deepak making Randy Merkin proud. Somewhere out there in Deerfield, he's smiling and terrifying someone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Once again, the shot for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> I got a ticket in Riverwoods last night, seating ticket. I need you to throw your weight around and get it expunged. Downtown Dean can't have another record for his insurance. Call up that battalion chief. I'll see what Bobby can help you. Oh, he's got the name. Uh, First name basis. How about that, Dino? First name basis. So who do you- I do think, really quick, I know you guys are prepped for time. I do think Poles has made a decision, not the one I would have, Hoodie. But I did see Justin the other day on Lawrence and Sheridan. He was saying, just like the day that I met you, the day I thought forever, said that you love me, but that'll last forever. Take that, fellas. Thank you very much. Have Dean. a great day, Dean. That guy's great. Was he selling flowers on the corner? Maybe. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, back to the phone line. Scott in Dallas, Texas, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Scott, uh, Scott good morning. Good morning, uh, Cappy Hood. I hope you're doing well. Cappy, I'm glad you're safe. Thank you. Um, you keep, Cappy, you keep using the QB Collective, uh, the report of that Shane Waldron was there, Caleb Williams is going there. Yeah, Justin was like there to- back when he was coming out. I'd like you to actually go to the QBcollective.com. Mm-hmm. Who is the face of the splash page? 
Just, I, just go to it real quick. I, I've already signed off the computer. I can't. Tell me. Okay. It's Justin Fields. Cool. It's, the moment you go there, it pops up. Justin Fields is the face of the QB collective. I'm not saying I'm a Justin Fields guy. I'm just so tired of the Chicago, uh, the Chicago Bears fan base doing mental gymnastics that they don't need to do. This is going to be a long process, and we're looking for strings that don't belong to be there. All right, Scott. We you appreciate your it. telephone call. Great thoughts. Yeah. And we thank you for listening and calling in and being part of the program here on Cap and Jay Hood. Yep, and their board of directors, Mike Shannon, Kyle Shannon, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, with a beautiful picture of Justin Fields. There you have it. Our thanks to Kevin Zipak and Jay Moore for a job well done on the other side of the glass. By the way, if you want to know more about Jay Moore, check out the Cap and Jay Hood podcast feed. Uh, we've got a special interview that I did with Jay Moore. Check it out. It's right there on Cap and Jay Hood. Look forward to it because he is one of the most interesting human beings I've met. He's awesome. Who are you telling? How about we do this tomorrow at 7? Uh, yeah, I'll clear my schedule. Let's do it. All right. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.